do this tribalism all the way up. You don't eat humans, and then you like one little step of humans' best friends, and then it's we're just making all these circles of like who we're closer to and who we're further to, and that's what right. And then we eventually identify with the whole Earth, and that's when we can all be Breatharians. And that's when we go coral or whatever the final after turquoise is. Dude, that's probably what it is. That's probably what reality is. It's Breatharianism. Breatharianism and spiral dynamics. <laughs> reality solved. Solved. And to that, I'll take this last set of weed. Do it. So we can do a little countdown. Let's go. Synchronize it. Yeah. Three, two, one. Countdown. And we are here. Fuck it. We will do it live. Fuck it. We're doing it live. Hello. That was way too much audio prepping and remembering how to podcast. That was some bullshit. Dude, that's why it's not anyone's game. It takes a lot of useful skills and knowledge to get to this level of podcasting genius. Podcasting genius. At least for the odd-numbered episodes, the even-number episodes sound like they were edited by a (laughs) drunk monkey masturbating. You know, I think a lot of people are going to look back at them in years and think those are avant-garde pieces (laughs) of art. Just a whole new medium of hyper-edited audio. They were more creative with patching in some gems from the interview in the beginning. Got a good Alex Jones impression in there. I love Alex Jones, and I love everything that he's been putting out recently. That guy is still going hard. What do you mean everything he's putting out recently? Isn't it just the same shit he's always putting out? The world's going to end tomorrow? And it never ends, surprisingly, because he's so <laughs> convincing every time. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, like a lot of the stuff he says is going to happen, happens. A lot of the stuff he has said is going to happen, has happened. I kind of think it's one of those things where... You know, it's spray and pray if you throw a million yeah, things out into yeah. the wall. One of them sticks. Throwing everything on the wall. Yeah. I could see that. It might be that, but I don't know, man. It, I think it all hinges on where things go from here. We're at a big fulcrum point because there have been signs of things calming down. There have been drops in cases, drops in deaths, and hope, especially from you, that this pandemic thing is over, but I don't see it. I think I'm more in Camp Jones here. I feel like it's never going to end. It seems on the ground like people are done with it. Like nobody at the grocery store is wearing masks anymore. People are going out. People are at restaurants. People are at bars. Hmm, That's good. And it feels difficult for the media to wrangle them all back in. I feel like this time around, if they try it, no one's going for it. Well, they're definitely going to try it. I don't think they're ever going to give up. Because they're never going to report on the fact that they've been lying for a year and a half. They're never going to report on their own coming undone. Well, some of this Del- like Delta variant news has been like CDC trying the vaccine on children. Like 5 yeah. to 11, they're piloting that. Yeah, um, I mean, they drum up enough fear about the Delta variant and then they can get more liberties to take freedoms and inject kids. They are talking about more and more young people becoming hospitalized and more and more healthy people without comorbidities becoming hospitalized. I don't know if that's true or not, but mm. they're highlighting it in the media. Mm. Yeah. There was Probably one to counteract. Go ahead. There was a guy that tweeted. He was like an anti-vaxxer, like church, you know, hard right guy. Mm-hmm. And he tweeted, I got 99 problems and a vaccine one. And he was 34, apparently, and he died of COVID like a week later. Mm-hmm. 
And this is one guy in one county out of 380 million citizens in the U.S. and the entire media cycle just picks up this story <laughs> and just of starts course, printing yeah. it. Man of who course. tweeted against vaccine is now dead of COVID. And I was like, what the <laughs> fuck? They would have run the same story on the president of Tanzania if they didn't want to keep it quiet that they probably murdered his ass. They murdered the president of Tanzania? I don't know. Uh, I know that Tanzania and a few other countries were the only ones to not go with the worldwide groupthink of, uh, not CDC, but WHO recommendations and all of that. The president of Tanzania was basically saying like, fuck this virus, fuck this vaccine. We're not taking any vaccines. It's not good for us. We're going to pray it away. And then he died under mysterious circumstances. And his successor said they need to investigate it because they think there was foul play. I wonder if he died of COVID. That would be crazy. That's what I'm saying. I think they, when they reported it, they definitely insinuated that. They were like, oh, heart problems. Mm. But if he really did die of COVID, you know that that guy would have been the news cycle for like a week. If oh. some random dude yeah. who this happened to yeah. was the news cycle for a day or more. Yeah. yeah. I think they probably just kept that one quiet. He probably went the way of Epstein. I don't know, though. Who knows? Who was it? Last week, was it the president of Haiti, the prime minister of Haiti? Yeah, yeah. Or some other similar situation, right? Broke, some gunman like, broke into his house and just shot him. Oh, shit. Yeah. Huh. Okay, maybe not then. That was an assassination. Right. Damn. Well, so was Epstein. So was McAfee. <laughs> I don't think, I don't think <laughs> McAfee was. I, I 100% think Epstein. It's, it's McAfee? It's McAfee, yeah. Uh, I should know the name of the guy who has infected every computer with viruses. I like that that was like the, you know, logic leap where it was like, this guy's pretty good with computers. Who knows what he might have? But <laughs> with Gates, the leap was this guy's pretty good with computers. Let's put him in charge of vaccines around the world. I actually like that solution because that's how I feel about the world is I think there's competent people and incompetent people. There isn't like people that are better at some things well yeah that's true i I agree with your general point that there's some people who are like a certain level of competence that you would entrust to do important tasks but there are also people who are really fucking shady like bill gates so i think if bill gates wants to run america like he runs microsoft you know we'll be a trillion dollar company in no time Mm, i'm shocked to hear you say that leo gates (laughs) whatever pays the bills man (laughs) yeah whatever pays the bills windows 11 coming out uh february 2022 check it out yeah i'm stoked man if anyone's still alive that'll be huge do you think that we're gonna die soon (laughs) the last (laughs) word was (laughs) important yeah because yeah do you think that we will never die I don't think COVID's going to kill us. I don't think the vaccine's going to kill us because we're not taking it, right? I, at least for some years. Nothing of like the conspiracy mill or the side effect mill has really scared me except for the MRI thing you showed me. What did I show you? The MRI scans where you weren't supposed to get an MRI scan for a couple months because yeah, everything right, is right. flared up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't really care if that's expected behavior or not i still don't want it all flared up like that yeah it's weird 
and we're in totally uncharted territory, like regardless of any conspiracy theories, I think your point is very valid that there were bugs in the first iPhone. There are probably going to be bugs in the first mRNA vaccine, quote unquote vaccine. It's not even really a vaccine. But uh, I also see like tens of thousands of red flags on the conspiratorial front, which is weird because you were the first person to clue me in to anything conspiratorial. Like I was just a happy sheep watching the media, <laughs> chilling in like 2017, meditating. So I was waking up in a sense, but then you're like, check out this Epstein guy. I'd never even heard of him, but uh, yeah, you were like, he didn't kill himself. What do you think's up with this? And then COVID happened and I went down the rabbit hole and now I'm way bigger of a conspiracist than you. That's true. I love a good conspiracy, but I can't anymore. It's just after watching that QAnon thing, it's just the the people oh, that yeah, that was bad. Well, the the types of people that take it into like that take it to heart take it way too far. Oh, totally, man. I mean, I never believed in QAnon. Yeah, and I never disagreed with you about that. I mean, Vilcabamba is ground zero of people who take these theories too seriously. It is an absurd place. That's where I am, by the way, for the audience. Yeah. Vilcabamba, Ecuador. Which, when did you arrive in beautiful, sunny Vilcabamba? Like six weeks ago. So, yeah, man, a lot has happened. We have not podcasted in a long time. My relationship's hanging on by a thread. My girlfriend and I are trying to figure it out, but we kind of went our separate ways physically. She went back to Chicago area, actually. And I came to Ecuador to start a new chapter and to set up roots to live somewhere other than a big U.S. city. And so I've been doing that. It's been a lot of work. I've been looking at land for a retreat center and permaculture stuff, looking at homes, got a home, moved in, got a ton of stuff to set up, still living out of suitcases a little bit, still making friends, getting a social life, and... Yeah, the social life man, Vilcabamba. These people are nuts. <laughs> I kind of love that. So it's just a bunch of crazy expats that are super into America ending and they're running away to live in the wilderness. <laughs> mm, I don't know if they're super into America ending. Maybe they are, honestly. That does seem like I haven't actually come up with a common unifying theme of the people here, but that might be it. But it's just like a lot of different sects of very different people. There are some people who are really into the Christianity and want to live like a conventional life with lower technology away from the trappings and what they would view as like the evils of modern cities. Um, fair point. Then there are people who just generally want a slower pace of life. And then there's this huge spiritual community of like seekers and ayahuascaros and people who are hard on the plant medicine train and there are some wackadoos man it's nuts i feel like for the most part when i think of you know what you're doing like i think of somebody that has more or less savored everything there is to have in life and decided that chasing certain things is not worth it and i want you know peace and relaxation and then when you say, like, who your neighbors are, it kind of gives me pause. Like, it surprises me. <laughs> it surprises me, man. It's like, I get to know these people, and then I'm like, wow, this is my people. This is my <laughs> community. <laughs> these people are nuts. There's like 10 to 20% of the town uh, 
is Christian enough to believe that we're currently in Book of Revelations. Mm. The vaccine is the mark of the beast. Mm. Everyone has either sealed their faith, they're going to heaven, they're with Jesus, or they're going to hell. So that's a solid uh, contingent here. Then you've got all the different shades of people who are into spiritualism. There are um, actually one of my tenants in this uh, property I just bought is uh, among this group of people who are doing a workshop, a tantric workshop. You know anything about Tantra? Yeah, I know a few things, but let's hear it. Like that it's related to sex? Yeah. Yeah, that's mainly all you need to know because this this tantric retreat is essentially like an orgy. They're like... uh, I mean, not really. It's It actually sounds like valuable work, but they're like exploring their energies at the floor of their pelvis and doing all these exercises to move the energy up and to clear blockages. They're like pairing, grouping off into groups of like four and like standing naked together and talking about their bodies, being like, yeah, I really like this. This makes me insecure and then commenting on each other. There, there was this one exercise they did where they each had a partner to begin with and half the people are blindfolded and then the non-blindfolded people touch the blindfolded people who are naked and it's a game, it's called yes, no, or more. And so they just get touched, they can't see and they either have to say yes, no, or more and then they flip partners so like the people without blindfolds rotate and work on someone else and so then they're just getting touched by like a random person saying yes no or more this is just cult sex stuff it's kind of what it sounds like (laughs) it also kind of sounds like valuable work i don't know i mean like it seems i can see the benefit but the woman who's teaching it is named gaia so that's a little bit of a cause for concern (laughs) i mean Um, like is this something that you would want to do with a partner yeah i would do this really i mean yeah it's interesting because like from your perspective from the perspective of many i'm like kind of far on the hippie train maybe considered Mm -hmm. a hippie but that's the cool thing about vilcabamba you meet the people who show you your lines and this is like right around my line Mm. yeah i think like i could see the benefit well, I just think if I was with a partner and then they were blindfolded and some brando was groping at them, I'd be very uncomfortable. Yeah, I don't think I would be down for that. Like, just, you know, sexual activity with all these random people I don't know that well. Yeah. And like, yeah, there's also like a big hub here called Shambhala Bamba, which is a place where people do ecstatic dance. Okay. And I've avoided it so far. I haven't gone, but... It sounds pretty wild. Like, I can't tell if that's quite as much of an orgy, but it's definitely just, yeah. What is free love community? What is ecstatic dance? Oh, it's just like moving freely, uh, dancing, if you want to call it that, but really just like doing whatever you feel in terms of movement, everyone all at once, no rules, no structure. And what happens, happens. (laughs) All right. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't done it yet. I don't know. I I feel like even though there are a lot of wackadoos in Vilcabamba, they're also almost all transients. Like it's a bunch of people who 
are bumming around dharma bumming or seeking things through central south america going from country to country so a lot of these crowds are gone you know within months of meeting them and as far as like setting up a life here there are a lot of others who you know have been here long term and are just chilling it's not all the spiritual community yeah i mean like it sounds to me a lot like you know wild wild country or (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's like i don't know wild wild country was organized though and that was like an organization with a leader yeah okabama doesn't have a leader not yet yet. until i mcafee the town i was gonna say did you watch the dangerous life of john mcafee no i only know what you what you told me yeah he moved to you know a very similar setup he went somewhere in central america like a small town but he had you know so much money that he was able to hire a private military and just (laughs) kind of start military yeah and just kind of start but like bossing around the locals and instituting <laughs> his own laws of how he thought people should be governed. Jeez, okay, that's that's next level. <laughs> he he became a straight up warlord. He had to leave the country because I think it was Costa Rica or something <laughs> had a warrant for his arrest. Because he, he was flee. a warlord there. Because uh, he like had his private military kill a guy. Yo, that's nuts. Yeah, yeah, he, he like just having a private military is nuts. He like found a guy in his property or something that like a dispute with a neighbor jesus he like walked into his yard and he had him like beaten and killed or something that's like regression straight to the feudal age yeah that's like how it was you know you oh you took my my land you take my crop i'll kill you exactly he like went he became like an old-timey liege lord with his body yeah, that's that's nuts yeah I'm, I'm definitely not gonna go to that level now that i hear more of the story but i'd be down to be mayor of vilcabamba is that a position that currently is there government there? I just assume there is, and I assume there's like one guy on a donkey. Yeah, like I don't really know. Blows a horn in the morning, and the town wakes up. <laughs> that might be right. Honestly, it's it's definitely like going a little back in time, but in the good ways. Like you know, I have internet. We're recording this podcast. It's yep. just like yeah, it's a small town. You gonna visit? Dude, I would love to visit. I've got a pretty hectic couple of months, but... I mean, you have time. I'm going to be here. Come November is when is my freest month. Okay, cool. Yeah, that's... uh, We'll be in touch. I guess November is the month that I might go... That I might... I don't know. Probably not. I'll probably go back in like December or January or something, and it depends on the world as well. But I'm going to stay here at least until I get my visa, which should be by november yeah so i've got a couple things i've got my buddy is in boston he's getting married in september so i gotta go there i'm gonna go see rogan in new york in october you don't have to get vaccinated for the wedding you don't have to get vaccinated for anything domestic as far as i know so far Mm. oh right okay i was just thinking that because my friend was going to a wedding with this crazy mom of the groom who forced everyone to show proof of vaccination to attend Wow, that's intense. I mean, that would be a really good way to get out of a wedding, though, honestly. So, true. That's yeah, cool. Suck. They kind of suck. They're terrible. Yeah. yeah. It's the celebration of the end of a man's life. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's the reason. I just think they're stressful events. Yeah, yeah. No, that's not really it. It's it's more, well, I don't know about stressful, but it's just boring. It's lame. Like, the conversations suck. Like, you can't, you know, the, the conversation we are having right now, 
is outlawed at weddings. Well, unless you and I are sitting at a table at a wedding. Right, which is you <laughs> would wind up at a wedding just talking to some bro with a brew and a bro, so or in this case, weed and a bro. That's what it's all about, man. Brew and a bro, and you're good to go. That's all you need. You got all your provisions over there? Do you have to, how do you buy food? You growing your own food? Are you breatharian? What's going on? <laughs> man, all of this dressing up my life as breatharianism and spiritual seeking and dark retreats and lofty ideals of enlightenment and really this has just been me smoking weed trying to stop <laughs> which i'm doing now dude that is the insidious is the pattern s- of marijuana yeah man it's rough but this is the second to last hit and um no i'm not breatharian i do have a ton of fruit trees on my property here so i'm I'm going to flirt with being fruitarian. Mm. I learned from a guy who, with Ray Mayor, the guy we mentioned previously on the podcast, has hosted many breatharian initiation workshops. He, yeah, he says that it's legit and he knows people who do it and he was fruitarian for two years and he says that the vibration of being a fruitarian is basically the same as breatharian. It's really just vegetables and meat that lower your vibration. But he's also a Vilcabamba loon, so who knows? Maybe carnivore is right. If I could have one answer to any question from God, it would be carnivore versus fruitarian, which is better. Dude, I wonder if his vibration as a fruitarian was high because he was constantly eating sugar and his blood sugar was just making him shake physically. (laughs) He's just constantly eating fruit and nothing else and just doing that all fucking day. Honestly, though, it fits with something you said, which is like, how the hell did our ancestors get hydrated? You know, how did these great apes stay hydrated? They probably did just eat fruit all day. I'm pretty confident that fruit is a staple of our diet. Um, I think that like fructose and glucose work differently. And obviously you eat fruit when they're in season and you eat fruit. Yeah, but if you're in the tropics, like I think we're really well adapted to eat a lot of fruit in the tropics. Um, I think they're just pounding coconuts in the tropics, right? Which are all mostly fat. I mean, that's one option, but you can, there's shitloads of fruits that grow here. Mm. I mean, this isn't even exactly tropics because we're a mile in elevation, but we are on the equator. So it's actually sweet. You can grow most stuff that's temperate and you can grow most stuff that's tropical. But I feel like it's probably one or the other. I feel like either Sadhguru and company are correct and it's best to get off of meat and then fruits and veggies and then maybe fruit only if you're able to do that and breatharianism for the legends. So it's either that or carnivore is the way to go. Dude, I don't think there's any scenario where carnivore is the correct choice. It's, it's... Paul Saladino's stoked on it. He seems to really believe so that's the thing though he believes so at least in my opinion because of the absence of vegetables not because of the positivity of meat no it's positivity of meat it's the fact that you can get all kinds of vitamins and minerals i don't know about minerals you can get all kinds of vitamins and meat that you can't get elsewhere especially if you eat organs and it's about the idea that our ancestors like meat 
was what made us humans because cooking meat especially allowed us to have so many more calories and to grow bigger brains compared to what the monkeys were doing. Yeah, yeah. So cooking and allowing, I guess, apes to eat for fewer or for a smaller amount of time. But there's just no conceivable way for a human, just like a regular-ass human, you know, in the Stone Age or whatever, to take down an animal. Most animals. They have to invent tools to do that, which requires the larger brain to begin with. Hmm. There's just, humans are not predators. We don't have claws. We don't have fangs. That's true. And that's something Sadhguru said. We have no uh, way... As to why we should be herbivores. We have no way to acquire red meat... <laughs> You yeah, know. but I don't know. I mean, is are you sure about the fact that our brains got bigger before inventing tools and hunting animals? Like, you don't have to be that smart to make a rock sharp and get a group of guys together and go kill a woolly mammoth or something. No, exactly. So, like, if you think about, you know, humans before Homo sapien, mm-hmm. let's compare them to, <coughs> to modern-day chimps. Sure. So chimps can get you know, all those things in two ways. They can put sticks on the ground and eat a bunch of ants. Or they could use a rock to smash bones and eat the marrow. Get what things? Sorry, what? You said chimps can get all those things. Oh, yeah, yeah, things. Like the essential vitamins and minerals that you would get from meat. Uh, well, yeah, that's why the future is eating bugs. The amino acids. Yeah, So, but they're putting sticks on the ground and eating ants, or they are breaking bones and sucking out the marrow. Okay. So, so human beings, being a shitty predator, are like the third in line. A lion or a tiger, some like, you know, animal that's designed to do that thing, takes down an animal. And then a scavenger, like a hyena or a vulture, picks out the meat that's left over. And then humans crack the bones and eat the marrow. Yeah, but what about humans' persistence hunting animals or just hunting animals some other way? Yeah, I mean, persistence hunting is pretty legit, right? But I think that's after because they still got to stab it when they tire it out. I think that's after, like, spears and arrows. Hmm. Yeah, who knows, man? We're not going to get to the bottom of this shit, especially now that I'm high. No, we're not. But I just think, like, carnivores is flat out silly. They're both... They're both silly. It's You can, like, look at diagrams. Have you of, tried carnivore, though? I mean, like, the thing with carnivore that makes me take it seriously is every person I've heard of who tries it says it's great. I've never heard a bad review. So there's just, like, this thing that all the anti-aging guys talk about where it's, like, if you take in a bunch of branch-chain amino acids and they, like, promote cell replication, it makes you age quicker. So it's a diet okay. that's going to keep you in peak physical yeah, I mean, condition. That, like that re- seems reasonable. You're yeah, constantly repairing like... your cells or whatever, but you're also uh-huh. just aging quicker. Like it's just worse for you long term. I could see that. Yeah. Yeah, it could be just good for muscle, bad for longevity. So of course they feel great. You know, they're not sore anywhere and they're whatever, hmm. building muscle, getting lean. But So is that necessarily bad then? I mean, say that it's a diet that makes you feel or someone feel like significantly better than any other diet. Is it worth living a shorter life and thriving? I don't know. I would say probably not when you're close to the end. I think everybody says that when they're young and then when they're 70, they go, fuck. Yeah. And also probably not if you 
can feel thriving on another diet. It's also, I, what were we going to say? I was going to say, I think it's just fasting is correct. And these, you know, you just eat some. Oh, fasting is great. Yeah. Fasting is great regardless of the food you eat, but I'm curious about what type of food you eat. But that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Do you think that most carnivores are actually just like having a huge placebo effect? Because if you think about it, any guy who does the carnivore diet is so stoked on it. I don't think they're having a placebo effect. I think they're not eating Pop-Tarts for the first time in their lives. They're not eating cereal for breakfast. They're not eating a sandwich for lunch from Jimmy John's. Right, yeah. They cut out all that bread, all that sugar, all that soda, and now they feel great. That effect is definitely more significant. I think there might be placebo going on as well. I think so too. I think placebo is in everything, but I think the much yeah. the primary the placebo thing, is everything. That's true. We don't study that enough, right? I mean, I think the placebo effect is probably the most important thing to study. Yeah, I think it's so like too. The power of the mind, the ability to manifest shit, positive thinking, essentially, mm. or manifestation, visualization—like many ways to frame it. Mm. Like, I think on an even deeper level than thinking positively like just imagining something enough kind of brings it into your orbit more dude i hope because i've been imagining 10 million dollars for a (laughs) couple weeks now we're back to this yeah dude i actually just checked the other day i forgot about it i checked the other day if i won that auction for the mansion a month ago yeah june i did not oh (laughs) it'd be crazy if you did yeah, I mean, I couldn't even pull that off. That would be very cool. Um, yeah, every time I hang out with people, they pull me down, enter their realm of materialism. You know, so you're just above everyone because you're more spiritual than them. Most of the time, that's like my. I don't normally think about buying stuff or having a nice car or like trinkets, and you know, dude, you pre-ordered a Cybertruck. That's what I was thinking about right now, actually. <laughs> um, but I don't typically, like, my day-to-day isn't going about that stuff. And then when I get around other people, they just start talking about, and they pull me down. Mm-hmm. They just start talking I mean, about their things. is it down, things. or is it just lateral? No, it's down. I think it's down. I don't want to talk about things. What um, do you want to talk about? Concepts. So concepts are better than things. Abstracts, of course. Isn't that itself a concept? Yeah, that's why it's better than a thing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that wasn't a good argument by me. No, I think things in general, you you can talk about things with anyone at any time. It takes no effort. You just learn about the thing and then you just regurgitate what you learn about it. Right, yeah. I guess like the superfluous nature of it makes it less fulfilling for me as well. I think it's just like a, a lower tier topic of conversation or even a lower tier use of brain power yeah i mean that's a that's a literal famous quote it's like small minds talk about people average minds talk about things events better minds talk about ideas that's interesting because i feel like i would never talk about people and then i would hang out with people that talked about people then i was like maybe i should talk about people yeah i felt that phenomenon as well like and i have done that before actually yeah which is obviously wasn't the right move, but I think like I had to do it a little to realize. It does feel weird, like right after. You're like, I shouldn't say stuff about other people. 
Yeah. And that's the point. Like once you feel that you don't really do that in the future. Yeah. I don't know. I slip up occasionally. People pull me down, man. Yeah. Well, there's also the fact that, you know, 90% of conversations are things and people and you want to connect as a social creature. So you have to engage somehow. That's definitely it. It's definitely true. But yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know where we're headed in the fall. I'm hoping it's the same or better. I'd be fine with the same. You'd be fine with the same? Yeah, because um, it's pretty good Isn't here it now. still like half masked? Yeah, but that's fine. This is this is fine. Like semi remote work, you know, you just kind of pick and choose who you see when you see them. It's fine. Yeah, I feel like it's staying the same is unlikely. I think it's either going to get a lot better or a lot worse. Um, crazier. It's probably going to get a lot crazier regardless. So here's something interesting. I was on Twitter the other day. Mm hmm. Don't get me into some weed paranoia right now. I was going to say that this guy who had been the the chief health advisor for Obama and Trump, mm-hmm. which already sounds like a scam, right? I'm giving you this guy's credentials up front. Yeah, he's a deep state dude. Yeah, immediate scam, um, was saying that Joe Biden's going to have to retire next year because of health reasons. Oh, shit. And who's this coming from? This was supposedly, this was coming from the head of... Had a fucking I don't know, dude. The guy that gave Obama and Trump physicals every year. So the doctor, the White House health inspector, health inspector. Yeah, they don't like, have a doctor. I, I assume they have a <laughs> team of doctors, so like a head doctor. Okay. So he, he might have been the head doctor, but so the doctor or doctors are saying that Biden is donezo. He's the, year. But he's the ex-doctor, and I think that maybe he oh. is trying to pivot into a job at Fox. Okay, okay, that's a totally different thing. I think he wants to pivot into being, like, the health expert on Fox. Okay, being completely sincere and serious, do you think Biden is, like, how do you think he is mentally? Um, The thing that they pointed to was actually hilarious. It was not a slip-up. So here, here's the, the clip that they use. They use this clip of this reporter catching him outside and going, Mr. Biden, is it true that there's people in your party that want to defund the police? Mm-hmm. And Biden goes, listen, there's people in your party that think that we're killing and drinking babies. And then he, wa- and then he laughs and this. walks away. Yeah, I saw this. I saw this. And I saw it posted by someone who was spinning it as if Biden was had dementia, but I was yeah, like, no, that's, that's and, a logical response. And they're spinning it. Exactly. So they're spinning it as to seem as this guy's losing it, but really he's just saying there's fringe crazies on both sides. Right. Yeah, I got that. So... Yeah, I mean, the people posting that were idiots. Headlines just fuck you, because the media takes these headlines and just throws them out, and then you think, oh my god, right. cognitive decline, you don't bother to watch the video, and it's totally fine. So, But there have been other videos that definitely seemed concerning. There's I mean, been, I'm not going off of that when I say, are you worried? Yeah, I mean, there's been stammering, stuttering, but am I worried I mean, personally? I saw, I, saw, I saw a thing where he had like a minute-long interaction at a gas station 
or like a convenience store of some kind with this woman and like said 10 words with probably six seconds in between each of them. And it hardly made sense. He just like seemed totally lost. But, you know, I'm not worried personally. Reagan ruled for the last three years without making a lick of sense. You know, I don't, I didn't really pay too much attention to how bad he got. He's just deep into his dementia. Uh huh. Yeah, you've you've seen a lot more of U.S. history than I have. Um, but you know, or the vice president will be inaugurated, and then that'll be historic. Which I think that's what it is for me. Is like, as a person that likes good narrative, mm-hmm. this is like forced narrative. These like historic oh, events totally that are just kind of yeah. oh, it's not exciting. It doesn't feel justified it's not like everybody got super excited about this candidate and you know no, that, it's quite the opposite and in 80 years somebody would read a history book and be like look at the parades people were psyched and it's just like no it was a groan and a whimper and then i don't know so i just feel like it's kind of on rails and it'll run itself fine the u.s government but not great probably well i mean i think the bigger question is is something sinister afoot with the covid agenda like i i feel like you're overestimating how much the world's gonna return to something you think of as normal have you been paying attention to the financial markets the last week no it's been a catastrophe Ooh, what happened there's been delta variant concerns which have caused a decent market sell-off but spy still you know really really up there but the chinese government has been losing their shit They've been going in with fire and sword and putting in all these regulations on their companies that every big Chinese tech company has taken a, it's been a bloodbath. They're down maybe 40%. Oh, wow. Um, The Chinese markets are? The Chinese markets are, yeah. And that's affecting like the bigger companies that are traded on the US markets, like Tencent, Alibaba, a couple others. I thought about investing in Alibaba. Good thing. Maybe now's the time to buy. You may be. Um, but it's it's down to 180 off of like 240 something not too long ago. Um, yeah, I feel like that's a buy. Yeah, like it's a solid company. Its prospects in the future are not in question, right? So they're well, they are because the government's kind of cracking down on a lot of things. Apparently, they're no longer teaching certain aspects of venture capitalism in their colleges. They removed this from the curriculum. And they want to institute a cryptocurrency as their national currency. I don't know why this was catastrophic for these companies, but apparently it was. Hmm. Yeah, wow. They're making moves. So they are planning on shifting their entire monetary system into crypto. I think it's starting already. I don't know how, yeah, I, mean, I don't know what their timeline is. That is that going to spread around the world? That's um, the question. So supposedly 80 other countries are working on similar initiatives. There's only 194 countries on Earth, so it's almost half. So the U.S. is, yes? Eventually, yeah. The U.S. doesn't have anything currently planned out or like an official roadmap. But yeah, someone somewhere is working on a crypto dollar, which is terrifying. Why? Because of this whole blockchain agenda you know the whole thing was like oh you can verify every transaction so there's nothing fishy happening okay Mm -hmm. sweet now the government can verify every transaction on earth all the time 
Yeah, I mean, there was speculation after the Keystone pipeline thing that the CIA and or FBI started Bitcoin and cryptocurrency in general. <laughs> you know, did, did you hear about that? No, I did not hear about that. Why? What was the logic behind it? Well, the story I heard that I have certainly not fact-checked is that the FBI was alerted to the hack into the Keystone Pipeline in which some party, I don't know, in Eastern Europe or something. Do your parents know them? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude, that was um, my cousin. <laughs> uh, some third party held the Keystone Pipeline ransom for a bunch of Bitcoin. And then after the pipeline paid out, the FBI was alerted to this. And within like a week, they were able to get basically all of the cryptocurrency back, all of the Bitcoin back. Yeah, I did hear about this. So people were like, how? And then I think there was another reason why the CIA, the CIA was speculated to have been the guy who, the mysterious figure who supposedly started Bitcoin, Santoshi something. That'd be cool, honestly. That'd be very cool. I don't think that's the case because I don't think our best and brightest are working for the government in terms of uh, tech. Um, you don't think the government has better tech than what is publicly available? No, because they drug test their um, applicants very strictly. And like, if you've done acid in college, you can't work for the government. So like, find a good engineer that hasn't taken acid in college. <laughs> is that a thing? Yeah, yeah, the drug testing for to work and like the CIA. I applied for the CIA when I was. A oh no, I know the drug test thing is is real, but is it really that common for software engineers to trip? I mean, I think in general, engineers experiment with drugs because I think it's an entertaining thing you can do alone and think about stuff. Yeah, it makes sense. Um, I think especially in software where it's like that matrix culture. You know, from the 90s. Mm -hmm. That's a big drug culture. Vilcabomb is a drug culture. Yeah, man. How many times have you quit weed so far? Um, a lot. Like, if I had to estimate it, I would say 50. That's a lot of times. Yeah, it's pretty dumb. I'm going to be honest. I don't really feel... I don't know. It's that addict. Yeah. it's uh, I'm doing that thing. The addiction rationalization. Oh, yeah, yeah. I can feel... I'm that's, like, oh, yeah, I don't really think I need to do this. But then I'm like... That's I, the thing. Yeah, I just enjoy stuff with it. So then I do it. And I don't feel guilty about it. Yeah, I mean, I don't think you should if you have control of it. Like, you, I... I per particularly just like have easily fallen into smoking every day which is far from optimal yeah i've been smoking i guess i smoked sunday and yesterday and today but before that i was, I was in texas for the last week i didn't really smoke too much uh, while i was there so but then that's the change of pace change of scenery so it's pretty easy to not do things that are habits i've found at least with this weed lately that i I'm not very up for doing things. With the weed? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think it's kind of run its course. Like, I've been smoking for the last week, and I was off for a month before that. And 
I think it was good. Like it served a good purpose after that long. I could have a break, like it had its benefit, but then it's, uh, I was definitely better in the world without it. Dude, I definitely feel that because I just laid on the couch for like 40 minutes, not changing the next video yesterday. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, I was like the first video ended there suggested videos on the screen, but I was just high laying on the couch and I was like, ah, I want to get up too lazy. <laughs> I didn't do anything for like an hour. Yeah, par for the course. But, you know, sometimes you got to do nothing too. That's a thing. Sometimes you just got to be, man. Exactly. Dude, are you going to try mescaline? Probably not. I read that book, The Doors of Perception by Aldous Huxley, and that's about his trip with mescaline. He's just looking at his Mm -hmm. pants the whole time. (laughs) Yeah, you're definitely not selling it. Yeah, it's, it, I mean, it was cool, but, like, he was tripping at a time where acid had not been discovered and mushrooms had not been introduced to the West. So. Yeah, so it was kind of good amongst what was known. It was novel for what he was doing at the time, but now it's just like, yeah, I've tripped before. I don't need to read this. It's crazy to think that, like, Terrence McKenna in the 60s or some shit was the pioneer of Westerners trying ayahuasca. And DM, one of them, you know. And DMT, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. Just 50 years ago, the people doing that from Western culture for the first time. Yeah, it's nuts that all these things are so new, too, at least. Yeah, but they're they're not so new. They're just, like, newly apparent to us. Which is, well, even, like, like peyote rituals with the Native Americans. Oh, that's new, yeah. Super I mean, new. Relatively. Yeah. yeah, it's like 1850 or something. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, I don't know, I am just getting this from what I remember of the Michael Paul and Joe Rogan interview, but I remember him saying that uh, peyote came along kind of in conjunction with them getting, you know, wiped out, and it was kind of like a therapeutic came at a timely time. Yeah, I actually didn't like his take on that. It was kind of speculative. It's just the way that he kind of went oh, we have to leave this for them. We can't mess with it. Like, yes, we can. Oh, yeah. We can synthesize it in a lab. Come on, don't be... That's just the... I mean, he had a lot of, like, SJW and virtue signaling flair. Yeah, a little bit, right? Um, But I did like his take on caffeine versus being drunk all the time. I think that, like, sparked a bulb in my head. I was like, I totally agree. Yeah, dude, I'm doing that. Caffeine, or not caffeine, but coffee. Coffee and weed, done. (laughs) Oh, he was talking positively about caffeine, but I guess he did try to give it up for no, a while. No, he was talking about the value of giving it up for three months, and mm. he's saying you can never truly understand your relationship with it until you like go without it. How long have you been without it? No, I haven't. I've had like three coffees today. Oh. But how- I'm saying tomorrow, <laughs> I have one more hit, <laughs> no more coffee, and that's that. The last, last cup of coffee. I'm not going to... We can't do that again for the title. Dude, um, how's the coffee in Peru? Ecuador. Peru? <laughs> you, you don't even, you're mixing up your South American countries? Dude, I'm pretty high. I'm thinking about jaguars and tripping on fucking, <laughs> you know, toxic fruit. Yeah, I mean, you should just come here. I think there's San Pedro on this property, actually. I just need it, need to figure out which cacti it is. Hell yeah. Which, which cactus. And then there's also ayahuasca vine. And I probably won't mess with them. 
so don't come here. But <laughs> I think it sounds dope. And the whole yeah, I mean, thing come sounds to dope. Ecuador. Yeah. Yeah, I'd love to. It's cool. It's uh hopefully cool, man. What is uh meaningful in your life now? Right now? Mm-hmm. Um it's a difficult question. Relationships? Because you're still trying to lock down one of these social media girls? I mean, dating app girls? Dude, the dating app girls are just uh, they're a wild bunch. I don't like it. Um, <laughs> I feel like this has been a solid percentage of your anecdotes in, our, in the podcast so far. Yeah. Um, it's a lot of your life if you're single. It's like the chase. Just in general, like friendships too, you know, family, pets, you know, stuff like that. Weather. What, I, is, this, what is this a list of? I really like weather. Things that are meaningful to me. Uh, Food, views of things. I like views. I like the vibe. No, but I mean specific to like now, relevant to your life, to the goings on of your life. Dude. I don't know. It's just connections. That's it. Friendships. Yeah, that's a good answer. Everything else is pointless, you know? Everything else can change really quickly, too, so there's no point in getting attached to it. Yeah, that's very true. Although, friendships can as well. People die. Yeah, that's a bummer, but you should feel sad about that. You shouldn't be like, oh, I feel nothing because I have no attachments. That's a legitimate right, reason right. to be sad. Yeah, for sure. But I mean, like, if you crash a car or your laptop breaks or uh, you drop your watch or something. Who gives a fuck? Yeah. Agreed. It's like the, the scene in the matrix when Neo looks at a dude super pissed that he like dropped his phone or had his phone taken. Yeah. Flipping out. And he's like, wow. Yeah, dude. So I'm Neo from the matrix is what you're saying. <laughs> I can see yeah, the you're binary. Pretty, you're pretty self aggrandizing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. I am the one. What can I say? <laughs> Dude, when I saw the scene of you are the one, Kundalini energy shot off my spine. What about your pelvic floor? I had, I became the multi-orgasmic male. Are you still doing um, semen retention? Yep. And non-ejaculatory orgasms. Oh, have you mastered that yet? I haven't mastered it, but I've gotten a lot better. That's pretty crazy actually yeah it's cool i mean it definitely could be placebo effect but it feels like versus you know just tossing it into tissues it feels like i retain more energy dude but it still gets you know gets the poison out of the mind at what point is it the opposite though you gotta like you know keep the pipes working um what do you mean Oh, like, I don't know. You know, it's just like if you go out of town for a couple of weeks, you got to have somebody yeah, no, I, I, run the yeah, sink I mean, in the toilet. Right, right. I don't know. What's don't the know. appropriate amount of time, you think? I don't know if that's a good analogy. I feel like people have gone long periods of time without coming and been, you know, doing well. I actually don't think they have. I think eventually the the safety valves go off and you just wake up one night and you're like, oh, no. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, that definitely happens. So but, that's argument enough to keep the pipes moving. 
Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, you might be right. I mean, that was like a huge fucking challenge on the three-month meditation retreat. That was the hardest mm. thing about it. Also in Nepal, after 15 days, it was like, fuck. <laughs> 15 days I could do, three months would be interesting. I would be curious as to where my headspace would be at. It wasn't like physical so much as just like the fact that I was only meditating mm. and only in the mind. So like the thoughts coming up, you know, and then like everything gets heightened because you're only meditating. So you're way more sensitive to everything that's going on. Mm. So like the best looking girl at the meditation retreat is, you know, like the substitute for porn, say, if you're like, <laughs> if you were into porn. See, that's interesting. I, I think I'd like to experience that. I mean, yeah, it's pretty cool because it shows you what's possible. It shows that if you're not like numbing yourself, then it, everything can be so much more, which is, I don't know, maybe something of what weed shows you too. Which is interesting because it's probably how it's supposed to be, right? Yeah, I think so. You know, I think a lot of reward systems are supposed to be a lot stronger. Yeah, what? I don't know what you mean by that, but I feel like if you were in your parasympathetic nervous system more, as weed might help you be in, you would feel, you know, a lot of the, what we associate as great about it naturally. Oh, that's interesting too. And I was going to, but I was going to say, I also feel like specifically being like here versus being maybe somewhere else. I don't know, maybe in Ecuador, but not, you have a computer too. There's just constant sexual stimuli. If you're just like watching TV or something. For sure. Yeah. Which is way, like, it's pretty crazy. Yeah, it's not good, man. I mean, cultural programming is thick. I feel like you can only really like get a handle on how thick it is the more you get experiences of contrast, like you travel or you live in a foreign country or you have some different experience. It's wild just like how in it people are though, but I guess that's like what it is. That's necessarily how it works. How in it, like how engrossed people are in yeah. some of these things. Yeah. 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 Like how... The guy with the cell phone, right? Like, that's a lot of people. Yeah. It's like a legitimate emo me, emotional like in some reaction. Moments, yeah. I can't say I'm like above it. No, it is me too, but I like to think that I can, <laughs> at least after, I can think, like, why would I do that? Yeah. I can, I can pull away from it. Or at least I'm, I don't know, I'm working on pulling away from it. But that's what I was saying earlier about people like pulling me down. You know, that's how I feel. I feel like there's other people that are just in it. And I feel like they exist on a different plane where they don't quite see the correct yeah. value in things. Yeah, I mean, I think there's a ton of truth to that. I feel the same way. But it's like, a, I feel like it's a paradox to approach because we both are like more self-reflecting than most people. And there is like a distinct difference, but also like we have to connect with people and can't think of ourselves as like above people. Yeah. But like... Yeah, yeah. You just true. always have to keep your humanity, dude. Unless I become actualized. dot org. <laughs> That's the exact counterexample, <laughs> dude. That is exactly the counterexample. That's exactly like the version of us who just indulges the shit out of the thoughts of being on a higher plane than other people. Yeah, but kind of successfully, right? I mean, if you define success as being a YouTuber with, I don't know, a hundred thousand views on most of his videos which you shouldn't do because obviously that's me being pulled down again but the ego is there man see that would feed my ego so hard 
Yeah, man. I think that guy has just been having a crazy ego trip chronicled on YouTube. Like he's been calling himself God. <laughs> he's been like, like he said that <laughs> thousands of times. He has said he is God. Because we're all God, right? Because of oneness yeah. and all that. Yeah. 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 So he just plays the philosophical words game, but he leads with the headline, I am God. Yep. He has like a video titled Guided Exercise on Realizing Your God. Nice. Yeah, that, yeah. that's some um like Charles three Manson hours shit. long or some shit. Did you watch it? No, I didn't. <laughs> I <laughs> I've watched probably ten minutes of his content in the last half year. Like I've you know, here or there, I like I'm curious what's become of this guy. I, I feel like I'm watching a downward spiral. Mm, but you know, it's so fun to watch. I remember so I took him more seriously in the beginning, I would say. And I remember like before I went on retreat in Nepal, he like took a break in his channel and he said he was like going on a super long meditation retreat. I had decided to do this meditation meditation retreat already. It wasn't like after learning that or anything, but we were like doing this at the same time. And when I finished my retreat, I saw that he like just stopped halfway through his retreat. He was going to do a 30 day retreat, but he's like, you know, 14 days in, I just wasn't really getting results. And I realized I needed to take it to the next, <laughs> to the next level. <laughs> so I just, you know, got some five MEO DMT. <laughs> and then he's like, and then I realized that like, this is a new path and I have to, you know, see what's possible here in human consciousness. So I did five MEO DMT <laughs> every day. I feel like he's fucked, honestly. I feel like if you can't I don't finish, think a mind comes back from that. I feel like if you can't finish the 30-day retreat, that's, you know, go back and try again. You can't just jump yeah, no, to the DMT. Uh, when I got out of the retreat, I was like, damn, that's pretty lame, man. Yeah. yeah that was a, a big shifting point of like, oh, this guy's kind of a poser. But yeah, and the way that you said that he phrased it, it's silly. It's just like, oh, I wasn't getting much out of it. Dude, you didn't even finish. What are you saying? <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> and meditation is about being equanimous with what comes up, not making a judgment of like, this is a good experience. This is a bad experience. He just went there, sat down. Just, okay, I'm not, I'm not leveling up. What's going on? Right. Yeah, people think like some key experience is the key mm. or like there's some magic circumstance or I don't know what I'm trying to say. I don't know, but I think what it is is it's a gradual fading. What is a gradual fading? That's what leveling up is in this realm. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a gradual fading of your reactions and your responses and your emotions mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah but people think it's experiences wow. like enlightenments you know i think it'd be so gradual you wouldn't even know it you would just cease to have an ego right i mean i think that's how it is but people imagine it yeah. to be you know a big event with them like levitating on a carpet being the next <laughs> That'd be so it'd be so cool if it was though. That would be sick. Although I yeah. think that's just our perception of things that we decide are supernatural and things we decide are natural and a, the line is way greater than we pretend it is. Totally. Like that guy I that I think it's also 
I think it's intertwined with what we believe is possible. Mm. Well, like that monk that set himself on fire, I think that's, I could not set myself on fire and then meditate while I'm burning. Oh, no shot. No shot, man. I can barely meditate like sitting still for five minutes these days. It's my practice has gotten pretty bad. That's have you been doing it? I have not been at all. Yeah. I mean, I think, do you feel like the hourly five minute meditations were a good move? I feel like those were a pretty good way to just be motivated each time. Like, Oh, it's only five minutes. I just forget when the hour changes. Just get caught up in what I'm doing, and then it's you know three forty-five or whatever. What you got to do is you got to move to a Muslim country because then like five times a day they have the guy, and it's just timed, and then it's the same time every day, and everyone's doing it. Yeah, they don't get enough credit for that. You got the pacing down. Yeah, it's people are all about Theravada versus Mahayana Buddhism. I feel like they just you know implemented shit. It is pretty amazing that they can have, you know, essentially an entire population get onto the same brainwave right length yeah Yeah. they're all saying the exact same thing at the exact same time and sync across that's the the beauty of stage blue spiral dynamics damn i don't know if that one's a high one or a low one give it to me as a number so what do you think about spiral dynamics i think that there is a logic to it but i think that that logic is mandated by the liberal left not necessarily the truth Oh, you think it has a political leaning? Yeah. How? Like the things that they decide are more valuable and less valuable start shifting left as you go higher up in the spiral dynamics. Mm. I think it kind of depends on what you think of as left and right. Like it is true that there are a lot of people you would think of as being on the right and think of as being in like spiral dynamics blue or orange mm-hmm. and then people on the left and orange or green. Mm-hmm. So it fits that narrative, but I think I, yeah, I think there are more people who are like yellowish. If you're taking it seriously, I don't know if I do, but I think there are more people who are yellowish on the right. Like I think it alternates. I don't have the thing mapped out in my head, so I don't know what those colors are. Yellow's above green, right? So it's blue, orange, green, yellow from bottom to top. And so it is true that there are more Democrats in two and three out of four and there are more Republicans in one and two out of four. Mm. But there are also, I think, more right-leaning people, four out of four. What about five? Probably a little more left, but that's also a lot fewer people, Mm. right? So, like, if we're going with this model, the, like, center of gravity would be shifting up. Mm -hmm. But there's still segments of the population, obviously, in different spots. And, like, there's segments of people in different spots. Yeah. Like, I could be, I could have a lot of characteristics of a few stages, but then have one big part of me that's, you know, underdeveloped a few stages below. Because I was always rejected by every woman I've ever asked out, I am an emotional midget. (laughs) Dude, that's me. I'm relationship yellow. Wait, is that the right color? No, yellow's yellow's high up. Oh no, I'm I'm orange. Yeah, I would say you're orange in general. Which one's orange? Success, winning. No, you're Oh no, that's way turquoise. too high. No no no. My relationships are Wait, which one's the highest? Which one's the lowest? I can't make heads or tails of this thing. I'm beige. 
Yeah, my relationships beige is the are, bottom. Yeah, yeah, that's my relationships. I'm beige or purple, <laughs> maybe. Let's go with purple. <laughs> you know, I don't got that part figured out, and that everything else, I'm just full on turquoise. Purple seems pretty cool. I feel like it's it should be higher than the second one up. It's like they believe in magic and they're all tribal and shit. Yeah, I think it's, it's just cool. it's too basic. You know, it's they're worshiping fire over there in purple land. Worshipping fire is dope. But I do like they seek harmony with nature's power. I like that part. Hell yeah. And they probably lived better than we're living if you're in an orange place. But now I'm just full on turquoise or coral. Are you 100% enlightened now? I am actualized. <laughs> See, I don't know. Some of these things in the turquoise category you got blending and harmonizing a strong collective of individuals. Okay. Focus on the good of all living entities as integrated systems. See, then you're just like, oh, you're a vegan now if you're a turquoise. Yeah, but that's just some guy who is saying his shit of spiral dynamics. Well, that's what I'm saying, right? That in the higher levels, it gets very biased. What if that bias is true? What if it happens to be true? What if it's ethically better to be a vegan? Based on whose ethics? The ethics that prevail. There are no ethics that prevail. There literally are. That's what governments and rulers are. Well, no, those are always with respect to the government and the ruler. No, they manifest in terms of laws. We have to live by certain ethics decided by our government. Yeah, but those aren't natural. They're decided by the government. Correct. So I'm saying the, the ethics that prevail. What if the ethics that prevail, like of a world government or of our government or any government, hmm. turn out to be that veganism is morally superior and everyone has to be a vegan? Oh. Well, I would still be disappointed. Mm-hmm. I, would still, <laughs> <laughs> I would still disagree with it. That's, you know, even if those prevail, that doesn't yeah. mean that tr- there's any fundamental truth to them. I'm just really interested in this question, though, of the ethics of eating animals because people have such feelings about it. But I kind of feel like plants are conscious beings and it's hypocritical to say that one form of life is more valuable than the other. Yeah, I mean, I think factory farming is pretty gross. I think we can all agree that those totally. animals are not for sure. treated for sure. well. Yeah, we need to improve the treatment of animals 100%. But then also, it's really delicious for some reason. It's probably a good reason the brain has such a strong response to eating it i don't know though twinkies are bring on a strong response but that's for obvious reasons it's like you're finding this hyper fatty thing and if you plan on riding out the winter you better load up now right and given that's not our world now is meat not as useful now yeah yeah i think that's for sure true i think that you know it's moderation and all things but i don't think that means that it's unnecessary Mm -hmm. it just means that we have abused a good thing nah man the the globalists fake meat made of cells of cows will save us i think that'll probably be fine and i think that that's an important first step into like lab-grown organs and then lab-grown limbs for humans i don't know man i feel like I could definitely see that having negative health ramifications. Generally, when we try and outsmart nature, it doesn't work. I agree, but in this sense, like if you can grow this meat and you get the fat ratio the way you want it, it'll taste better. But will it even be real meat? 
is meat just a collection of tissue synthesized in a lab or is it if you're like does eating the life, life of the force? thing matter yeah that would be interesting that'd be an interesting thing to find out it's a worthy question i mean materialism is in no way proven yeah and i kind of like that you have to consume life to to live life <laughs> we're all vampires you know like whether we're eating plants or vegetables or yeah 100 percent. that's the argument i'm trying to make to yeah vegans who feel morally superior is that they're taking life you know you're you're in that devil's dilemma you talk about regardless yeah but just from like a very base level obviously it's better to eat a head of cabbage than to stab a cow you know like from what from our immediate senses well yeah but that's also like uh, the scale is way off in that comparison you know yeah like a cow could feed a village or something <laughs> right right <laughs> Versus a whole field um, of cabbage. Yeah. And I don't know, man. I mean, the cabbage is... Yeah, I, th- I feel like as humans... So that's where it becomes like absolute versus relative. And as yep. humans, we're mammals. We have more empathy for a cow just naturally. There's no getting around that. So if we're going to feel bad about taking life, which we're doing in any case, then that's the direction in which we would moralize. Dude, veganism is just toxic tribalism. We feel like mammals are a part of our tribe and we won't kill them, but we will kill everyone that's not part of our tribe, including okras. And but do you think cucumbers. do you think we have to like realize that part of our nature is feeling that kinship more with mammals and thus not eat red meat? Yeah, dude, they're on our team. They're team mammal. We're all team mammal here. <laughs> we fuck up green shit. <laughs> That's a weird way to think about it. I kind of like it. I don't even disagree with it that much. I mean, I'm just kind of entertaining the thought. I don't have a belief at this point. Yeah, I mean, we like, you know, mammals. Like, we like looking at them and shit. They're all super cute for a reason, right? That kind of triggers mm-hmm. something in us. So Yeah, so are dogs, and the Chinese eat dogs. Yeah, right. That's sad. Is it? I mean, it is arbitrary. In another sense, it is arbitrary, you know? Like, team mammals, like, there is that sense, but it gets way more arbitrary when you get past the ones we're eating versus the ones we're not, when you talk about having pets and riding them. I mean, that's weird. Dude, it's tribalism all the way up. You don't eat humans, and then you, like, one little step of humans' best friends, and then it's we're just making all these circles of like who we're closer to and who we're further to. And that's why like, right. fuck. And we eventually identify with the whole earth and that's when we can all be breatharians. And that's when we go coral or whatever the final after turquoise is. Dude, that's probably what it is. That's probably what reality is. It's breatharianism, but breatharianism and spiral dynamics, <laughs> reality solved, solved. And to that, I'll take this last set of weed. Do it. You gotta like trigger confetti. I'll trigger this torch. This is kind of fun. But I was going to say, like, we don't really care about fish as much, right? That's because they're not on Team Mammal. Right. Although overfishing is a problem. So now we care about fish. (coughs) Yeah, but that's a great diet. Pescatarian. Mm. (coughs) Tribalism all the way up. What would we call this if it were a hypothesis? the tribalism ad infinum hypothesis or what that's a good one yeah i was talking about this earlier too because one of my friends was 
mentioning something about the family unit being a construct. Oh yeah. And I was saying the kids love that. The kids these days, they love that. But I didn't think it was true. And I was saying like it's tribalism all the way up in terms of like you just seek to make these tight connections and you have your very immediate siblings and then your relatives and then like you're always grouping people into closer and further. For sure. As a natural instinct is to group people. Right. Yeah. So that's what we do obviously these hierarchies are ingrained and not constructs how you feel bonded to people right like you feel like a strong bond uh, maybe yeah. you don't i don't know i mean they're voluntary in the sense that you choose who you're around yeah i don't know but there's a lot about them that's involuntary obviously you're born into a family yeah like i think there's like mental map well i guess would those be constructs if there are mental maps that make you feel stronger about certain people like inherently yeah, the constructs, mental maps, schemas, emotional patterns. That's the like same tons thing. Tons of ways to think about it, yeah. I guess, yeah. So anyway, hard. Yeah, I mean, that's why family always takes you to, you know, certain dynamics strongly. Mm. Generally. Generally. But yeah, man, tribalism all the way up. Then it goes to nations, then it goes to countries, then it goes to globe. Then it goes to human. Cosmos? Alien. I wonder who you would feel a stronger kinship to, cows or aliens? Depends on how intelligent the aliens are. Exactly. If they're intelligent, it would be them. If sentient aliens, yes. Stupid aliens, What if aliens no. showed up and they were like idiots? What <laughs> if they just like crash landed on Earth and they like couldn't do anything, but they were clearly aliens? How'd they figure out how to get here? Uh, I don't know. Like they just were shot here. <laughs> Some planet rejected them and sent them to Earth. They're just dumb. They just, like, got caught up in an asteroid somehow. Yeah. That'd be wild. But, like, what if they were dumb but not super dumb? They're just dumber like than a humans. dog's intelligence? No. A monkey? Like, no, like a, like a dumb human. How dumb? Like a 70 IQ human. <laughs> what would we do with these aliens? Like if they're just out of human intelligence, you know what I'm saying? They're all, they're all that guy from with the rabbits of from of mice and men. Yeah, I mean it depends on the culture, man. Some cultures would like celebrate them. Some cultures would kill them. Some cultures would enslave them. That's what I'm thinking. Like, at what point does it become not okay to give these guys jobs, or do we like that they could do manual labor and don't ask a lot of questions? I mean that divide exists in humanity by way of the analogy you made to the aliens intelligence you know yep if the aliens show up and we don't feel that same kinship for them because they're not human do we not really care about exploiting them in the same way that we would care about exploiting humans i think that would be the case yeah. not for me personally but i think that would be the case for culture yeah you know if they're just pretty dumb and we're like all right well fuck you guys and then it's just like right back to the 1800s with how the dynamics of these yeah. relationships go 1800s meaning slavery yeah 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 because i mean in the paradigms of the people at that time they probably like it was it's a similar tendency it's basically just xenophobia pretty much but then you know xenophobia has got exists for a reason too right oh yeah it's a survival instinct it's, it's a mechanism so yeah yeah if if intelligent aliens come here They've either known we've been around all along and they're so intelligent they don't care, we're ants to them. But either way, we have no chance of fighting them, right? So it's immediately 
please accept us as your pets or or we're fucked. Which is why I hope that shit's fake. What shit? The New York Times. You know, the leaked the Tic Tac vid. Tic Tac? The Tic Tac, yeah, the alien stuff from the summer, from like June. This June? Yeah. Well, I knew that the government agencies had to disclose what they knew. I didn't hear anything significant really came of it. Oh, there's that video, the Navy guy shot of the triangle thing, and it was moving super fast. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so I hope yeah. I hope that thing's not a real alien, because that tech is too good. I mean, why are, that seems like a pretty far stretch that you're saying that, you know, technological superiority over us would just inevitably lead to us, like, pleading to be the slaves of this alien species. Like, what if they're nice, you know, what if they don't want to do that? Well, that's what I'm saying. If they aren't nice, then we have no chance to withstand them. So we have to be pretty yeah. much immediately submissive. Yeah, in the case that they're just, like, coming in aggressively attacking. Mm. I don't know why you're fearing that so much, though. Just in any case, really. Like, we can't, even if they're coming in friendly, we can't slight them. You know, we can't offend them. Sure. Because it's just the, the dynamics of power are going to be insane if that if that's a thing. There's immediately a force that's so much more advanced that could wipe us out at any minute. Well, that probably is a thing, but there are a lot of forces. There's not just one group of hostile aliens. So it's like a complicated, you know, social thing. If are we, we meeting a network of aliens here? I thought we were just going to meet the one group. I mean, I think if you told me for sure there's one group of aliens, I would for sure assume there are a lot. Well, yeah, but that doesn't mean they're all in contact and have a global government or a interplanetary government. No, but it means that if like one of them wanted to colonize Earth and like enslave humans, others might be like, no. Now, what if like they're really far away? Like you got one group at one edge of the galaxy and you got one group in one edge of the galaxy and these guys are like Genghis Khan Mongolians. They're just going planet to planet colonizing everybody. And the other ones are like, well, we'll we'll get them in this galaxy here. We'll draw a line and they can't cross it. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, and Earth is on the wrong side of that line. Yeah, then we're just uh, like we're so insignificant to a yeah. species that has multiple planets. Sure, that's totally plausible. It's the same way if there's like a small genocide in a third world country right now. Like nobody really gets up for it. I mean, that's fucked up, though. Yeah, it's super fucked up, but that is the reality of things that. You know, large forces pay attention to things that make large, you know, waves. They don't pay attention to minor details. Like when Russia annexed Crimea and the UN kind of complained about it, but they didn't do anything about it. They still have it. Uh They didn't give it back. Nothing came of it. Didn't know that. Wait, southern Ukraine? Yeah, it's like that port in the Baltic. But anyway, that's what it would be, right? Like if a space-figuring civilization found us, I don't think another one would be like, yo, don't touch the zoo thing. They'd be like, careful, uh, you killed a couple million, that's okay. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's just based on your expectations. Yeah. You seem to be super pessimistic about the scenario of contacting aliens. I think it'd be cool, probably. Yeah, I think my perspective is based on how humans have treated everything so far, but that might not be the case because they're not humans, so... Yeah, yeah, for you're, sure. You're definitely and, right like, about you could that. Argue, you could argue that like as it's coming into our 
awareness or like if we do make contact, we're doing so at a time when we're less the way you're describing than we've ever been. That's also true. What if, um, you think that'll be like bug-like or like lizard-like? <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, like, why would they be like anything here? <laughs> I feel like a cold-blooded sentient being is going to be better at technology than a warm-blooded sentient being. That's an interesting theory. I mean, could be, but is like, is there something about being warm-blooded that allows us to have the brains we have? Maybe. Who knows? I, I don't know. Probably. It's, yeah, because like, I was going to say dolphins, but those are warm-blooded. So probably. Yeah, no reptiles here appear smart in any way. They don't, right? Because like that, they're the lowest form of moving thing. The least evolved? I think so, yeah. They're the oldest. We always talk about like the reptile brain being just like the stem. I think so. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Which is crazy because I think alligators, maybe sharks too, are like the same that they've been for since the Jurassic era. Wow. Like alligators have just been that. It's the perfect killing machine for this long. They've had even needed to evolve. What do you think evolve. alligator consciousness is like? I feel like that would suck. That would be a terrible consciousness. Well, it's probably just cold and dark. Ugh. Because they're cold-blooded. They live in a swamp. And they just look for prey and eat it. Just chomping shit. Just carnivores. I don't know if lizards could feel love. I doubt it. The motorbikes behind you reminded me I gotta get a motorbike. Oh, you gonna get a motorbike? Careful, man. Those are fun, though. Get a dirt bike in the mountains. Mm -hmm. That'd be sweet. Yeah, I was going to buy my neighbors, but maybe I'll get a, I was thinking about getting a, like a new Chinese one, but the Chinese ones are supposed to like break down inevitably after <laughs> two or three years. Classic. <laughs> but I only really want it for two or three years, so that might be the move. Yeah. How cheap are they? Like 3K. That's not bad. What about like, an nah, old, they don't have like. way better than a car. They don't have like old Hondas there? Cars here are like double the price. No, no, they don't have like old Honda motorbikes. Motorbikes? Yeah, they do. Those are sweet. Yeah, Honda, I think, is kind of the top tier, one of the top tiers. Kawasaki's good. Yamaha. Yeah, those are cool, man. I really want to watch that Anthony Bourdain documentary. Yeah, that looked interesting. I feel like he had it all. I'm not really familiar with Anthony Bourdain. I was like learning who he was through that trailer. Well, he was... Oh, you haven't seen a show? Uh, I don't think so. What is it? Uh, Parts Unknown. He was a chef turned, like, travel journalist. He would go to, like, a different country, you know, every week. Like, he'd go to Morocco, and then he'd get drunk, and then he'd get high, and then he'd, you know, argue with the locals about shit. Like, it was a very different travel show. It wasn't like Rick Steves Europe where he was having a great time. But uh, he ended up killing himself. Fam famously killing himself. He was also like on, like. Oh, uh, okay. That makes that trailer make a lot more sense because they kept referring to like not a happy ending. Yeah. So like he's a guy that's seen the entire world, and all he can see is the darkness. It's dark, man. It's dark. It's crazy. So I really want to see it. But he <laughs> just kind of reminds me, you know, he's got that vibe of like uh, your beige pants being out in the wilderness on a motorbike. So would you say you like being, you like dark stuff generally? Yeah, for sure. Why? I don't know. It's deep. It's interesting. Deep. Yeah. What makes it deep? I don't know. I find it appealing. 
I find that really interesting. Like, I want to explore his thoughts. Especially, like, the fact that he killed himself makes it real appealing. It's real tragic. <laughs> I don't know. I, why do people like tragedies? I mean, you got to mix it up. Got to mix it up. And they also tend to um, hold better than comedies over long periods of time. There's more fundamental truth in tragedies, I think. That is interesting. I mean, they definitely hold better over time than comedies. Probably. Yeah, I mean, kind of by definition, comedies can't get too heavy or meaningful. But it's not as if dark is the only non-comedic genre. That's true. I don't know. I don't like, like, sad stuff. I don't like, like, you know those movies where a person's just slowly withering away from disease? It's like a vanity project for an actor that's older. To to do, like, a I'm dying of a disease movie. Daniel Day-Lewis did it. Cuba Gooding Jr. did radio. I don't know, man. They've all done it. I don't like those movies. Yeah, I've seen, I saw like one about a guy who wanted to kill himself. It was actually really interesting. What was that? Like he had a, he had a miserable quality of life and had been going on that way for multiple years, but his existence was like super limited and he just wanted to like stop the life support basically that he was dependent on and die. That sounds real sad. They they like won't let him. Yeah, it was, it was pretty sad, but it was deep. It was good. Watch Grizzly Man? No. It's this guy that basically finds religion in Alaska with the bears. He starts thinking like this is how he connects to nature and God is through bonding with these bears and then the bears eat him. Wow. He shoots Wait, this is a novel? No, this is a real thing that happened. He shot like he spent like six months out in Alaska and then when it got cold, the bears got hungry. They came to his tent, they tore up his shreds. I like that one too. <laughs> That's instructive, man. You can't. But that one's hilarious. Drink the Kool Aid. That one's hilarious because he's just like, he's such an optim. Like he's so naive. He's just this child in a man's body, thinking that he can go befriend these wild killing machines. You know, he's one of the types. It's like all animals are great, and he's just crying and going like, "We gotta love everybody," and he goes mm-hmm. out and gives a bear a hug, and then it rips him to shreds. Escape that city life. Land in the mountains. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's definitely the move if things zig. If things get bad with, you know, the world. But if things zag, then cities are chill in moderation. I'm generally optimistic. I think it'll be good. I think we'll figure it out as a society. And I even think, like, even the most bleak dystopian visions of the planet aren't that bad. I mean, it's all relative. It's all in perspective. Yeah, there's things that people, I don't know. Maybe we'll just wear gray jumpsuits and go home and do psychedelic drugs, and that won't be the worst thing ever. Why would we all do psychedelic drugs all the time? Uh, Because you got to give the poor something to do if you're going to keep them locked indoors all day. Yeah, see, that's bleak to me. Dude, they're legalizing weed federally, so. Seriously? No, not yet. Oh. But there's been rumors about it. Biden could be Biden could be a historic president. He could legalize weed federally. 
What else could he do? He's definitely a historic president, just because this is a historic time. That's nuts, right? Yeah, Biden's going to be like, in 80 years, if the U.S. is still a thing, like, this is the time people will, like, you know, really have an interest in. Do you think that's why Trump made his, his team attack the Capitol? He wanted to make sure he's got a paragraph in every history book for the remainder of America? Totally possible. It's just the egomania went that far? Or is it a subconscious thing? It's just a mechanism that's working. Could be both. Isn't that crazy then? Because he, he gets what he wanted. He feeds his ego and he get in turn he gets the legacy. It's not, you know, the fondest mm-hmm. legacy, but... Yeah, and also like what he wanted was his idea of the legacy. It's not going to be like what he thought it was and he's going to end up miserable. I don't think he's miserable. I think he's having a great time. I think that ego thing... As long as he feeds that beast, he loves it. The beast is going to die, though. Well, it's going to die eventually. When he dies. Yeah. But that's fine. Then he won't know. He rides it. I mean, he's not going to be fine in his moment of death. It's like... He's going to get a negative rebirth. He's going to get reincarnated as a caterpillar. Dude, maybe he'll get reincarnated. Oh, shit, dude. He and Joe Biden are going to meet in the afterlife. It's going to be nuts. They're going to go out... That would be wild. Same time, they're going to... Watch, there are going to be some twins that come back. Come back as twins. Going to run for president in 50 years. That'd be crazy. What if that was a thing? What if it was just like a couple of people being reincarnated as leaders every time as the same couple spirits? That would be pretty cool. That'd be pretty crazy. They're all constantly colluding with each other. It's the deep state. It's the Rothschilds. (laughs) Yeah, I mean... You could just think of people in general as energies, forces in the world. Yeah. A force. I don't know, man. What don't you know? About these forces in the world. Where they're headed. What they're doing. Yeah, I don't know either. It's a time of a lot of concern about that. Especially living in a country that... I can't believe I didn't say this. The government is saying that August 9th, you're going to have to show proof of being fully vaccinated to go into any business, to go in public transportation, to do essentially anything. In Ecuador? Yeah, well, in the region of Ecuador that I'm in. Oh, shit. What are you going to do? Hope that they're bluffing. You're going to get a fake ID? Also know that Vilcabamba is the place to be if that happens. <laughs> people can grow food and like... Uh, yeah i mean no one here is it's crazy it's like if you just came straight to here you would think it was maybe similar to chicago it's maybe like half masked but compared to loja like everyone in loja is wearing a mask and here there's just like yeah the hordes of conspiracy theorists so is loja like a busy place how is that why are they so masked there they're just very compliant people very compliant people, yeah. Are the cases more severe there than they are here? I think they're comparable. I don't know for sure, but I know Ecuador was hit hard, as was America. Uh, in general, I would think that like anything warm and outdoorsy would not be hit as hard just because you have space where you won't transmit, but I could be wrong. Yeah, I would think that too, but I don't know. There hasn't been too much logic to it, you know? Yeah, it's totally true that the rules could have been different in Florida versus Alaska, (laughs) but 
or North Dakota or somewhere that doesn't get sunlight. Yeah. But, uh, fuck, I'm too high. Ha. This would be a better conversation if I were just a little less high. Dude, you gotta ride the, the dragon, the green dragon. What were we just talking about? Compliant people in Ecuador putting on masks. Oh, yeah. I mean, compliance definitely isn't the whole of it. The government also is, like, more unstable here. I think they're more willing to do drastic stuff. But the people also seem pretty willing to overthrow them. They've done it, like, three times in the last few decades. Shit. You went from a place you thought was unstable to a place that is legitimately very unstable. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, at least for me, yeah. Because, like, if the shit goes through in August, I don't know how I'm going to finish getting a visa here, for instance. Oh, shit. That's interesting. What are you going to do? I mean, if they're saying I would have to show double vaccination to go into the building to get my cedula, my ID card, like, what am I going to do? You going to get the jab? No. What are you going to do? We'll see. Shit, dude. You're going to come to an impasse. Well, everyone's going to come to an impasse at some point. No, I feel like we're just going to hurt immunity this thing. Why is nobody talking yeah. about herd immunity anymore? That was a thing for so long. And because then, it's a, it's not. They just dude. decided, no, it's a vaccine. Now it's like everybody has to get vaccinated and then you can only hang out the with The narrative has been nonsensical people. from the beginning. Why do you think that is? It's just misinformation. It's a lot of people, moving, a lot of moving parts, a lot of confused people, a lot of panic, a lot of hysteria. Political agendas. I think government's desire for power and... I think, like, probably some unknowns. A lot more than just a virus with a 99.7% survival rate. I watched this thing on Netflix called How to Be a Tyrant, and it just has, like, five episodes on different dictators across the world. Real fucked up stuff, man. The things they do to stay in power, I don't understand why they do them. Maybe just because they need the power. Like, once you go up in power, you don't want to go down. Yeah, maybe not. I guess I can't. I've never had that position to be in, so I can't say what I would do. But I feel like if everybody was real upset, I'd just leave. I'd just take some of the money, and I would go, you know. Oh, yeah, I think you would be chill. I think but these people, a lot of people would be chill. would rather die in power than... Just go retire somewhere. Like Saddam Hussein, why did he fight the U.S.? That's lunacy. I feel like that's just a function of having a violent past. And the might is right mentality just translating into countries and societies. And it's kind of being phased out. Probably. I don't know. China is a lot of people. I mean, with civilization, you know, you have to... Well, yeah. No, that's true. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, the world's fucked up. The world's fucked up. That like We like to think that it's moving you know, up the spiral, but then there's one place moving down the spiral. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like awareness of the dark stuff is a result of moving up the spiral because you have to like see things in order to let go of them. Mm. Collectively and individually. But then once you get all the way on top of the spiral, you just kill yourself, right? I don't know. <laughs> ask Leo. <laughs> ask ask the other Leo. Yep. All right, you want to stop recording? Yeah, man. Anything else we should get to? Um, I don't know. We talked about drugs. Uh, I want to smoke opium. 
I don't know where to get some, but I might. Do you really? Yeah, man. I've been reading that book. The, the Michael Pollan book is just talking about these opium mm-hmm. dreams. It, it's cool. You just like you grow these poppies, you know, like in the Wizard of Oz, these plants, and then you just take their seeds and you you can boil them into a tea, or you can mm-hmm. I think you grind them up and smoke them, and then you just that's it. You get high. This shit. But what's the high like? Is it psychedelic? So here's what I find interesting, which means you probably can't smoke it with weed. Is that a, I don't know if that's a thing. I feel like it was a thing. But anyway, you apparently have these really vivid dreams. Hmm. Like, that's kind of cool. You smoke, fall asleep, and have super vivid dreams, which I think sounds super appealing. Mm-hmm. But I don't want to do it in any like pharmaceutical way. Dude, just meditate a lot. I have super vivid dreams. Well, I smoke too much weed to have vivid dreams. Oh, yeah. Stop smoking weed. You have the most vivid dreams. That's probably the first move, yeah. But I would not mind, I think, smoking opium maybe one time to see what it's like if I do very little. Is this part of tribalism to the top, tribalism at every level, extending now to the plant species? Could be, yeah. You're like accepting more and more plants. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's part of it. And then every time you move forward, there's no going back. You've opened that door. Like, opiates are okay now. And then what's yeah, next? Yeah, that's a good point. Once we know of something, it's almost inevitable that it'll be around. You know, and then like... Because I was telling you, I'll probably try DMT off those DMT pens. Really? Okay. It's, Interesting. It's hyper-diluted. Like, you supposedly just get visuals... Damn, but I'm curious to hear how that goes. You don't get like DMT, or at least what I have been told are DMT visuals. Like you get like mushroom visuals, you know, where they're just playing with the surroundings. Hmm. Because it's uh, see, mushrooms have not necessarily been that way for me. As in, you've gotten more vivid visuals or less vivid or none. I've had like some visuals. I've no, I've had a lot of visuals of sacred geometry of like geometric patterns, mm. but. Things haven't usually seemed distorted. Usually things have like an aliveness to them, you know, like commuting with the wall and that shit. Yep. But yep. like, I feel like my visual, I mean, I believe my vision is great on mushrooms or was when I would use them. I got like the visual acuity. Oh yeah. Thing. I think that's a real thing, yeah. right? For it is. Yeah. But then I would get like, cause we were watching a nature show one of the times, which is like a very vivid one. I would get like these flourishes where like that's cool you'd see like a plant and then you would kind of see the leaves like spiral all the way out that's awesome just kind that of sounds like ideal kind of mushrooms activity yeah because you're just seeing the, if the, dose the is flow light. of it <laughs> which you know what I think is cool is um, it's a lot like a Van Gogh painting you know Van Gogh like Starry Night yeah of course he, yeah I've seen that painting in the it was in some museum I was in, yeah. Way Could have been the Musée d'Orsay. He draws the flow of it, I think is cool. Which is kind of what it looks like on mushrooms. Mm-hmm. But I, what I think is interesting is like early psychiatrists, which I think was mentioned in that Huxley book, were experimenting with these things as they like came about to try to get themselves into the thinking patterns of people with schizophrenia. Yeah, I think they're good for doing that because I feel like schizophrenia is kind of just seeing 
a non-shared reality. And, you know, if we're saying reality is malleable, then if one person is the outlier and everyone sees reality differently, obviously they're, you know, there's something up. But I don't know. People have, obviously now people have totally different realities. Dude, but yeah, right. With the internet, thanks to every portal, people construct their own reality. But Van Gogh was schizophrenic, I think. Oh, wow. Damn. So I think that, you know, they might have been on some there. It might be a similar state of mind. I think schizophrenia is just seeing other dimensions, other realities, other possibilities. And if everyone tells you you're crazy, you think you're crazy and go crazy. I mean, there are people that legitimately hear voices. Yeah, I I imagine there are people that legitimately hear voices in, in, in a positive way. Well, I don't know, but that guy from Amityville Horror heard a bunch of voices and shot everybody in his house, so... That dude well, yeah, was sure. schizophrenic. Sure. Yeah, no denying the issues of schizophrenia and challenges people with schizophrenia face. You know, there's a legitimate... There's, like, separate realities, and there's, like, a legitimate... You can't, you know, put a mug over a fire. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's total detachment. Yeah. You do have to remember, though, that psychiatry has been used as an institution of control. Do you think psychiatry is a scam? Yeah. Really? Yeah, uh, basically. Dude, I don't think it's a scam. I mean, I don't. that's not my headline belief on it, but if you say yes or no, yeah. You don't think like it's mostly done in earnest and a lot of people made a lot of poor decisions? Oh, no, 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 no. It's, it's, it's totally done in earnest. I mean... At least until they start taking bribes from pharmaceutical companies, which can be common. Mm. But it is done in earnest. People want to be psychiatrists and help for good reasons. But the tools are very poor in conventional psychiatry. And the results are very poor compared to any other branch of medicine. Why do you think that is? Because they got bad ideas. I mean, historically, it was somewhat of a scam, literally. Like... In the 19th century, it was, you know, institutionalizing people, throwing them in asylums and shit. And I'm sure there were people with real issues, but I don't know. It was like a tool of power to, like, enforce the collective society's vision of reality. I almost think it's like they're a nuisance to have around. Who are a nuisance? The sick. You know, we're talking in the 1800s, you're a family of five or whatever, and someone gets, something happens to them and they, you know, diverge mentally. You're just like, I don't want this person around, so you just lock them up in these institutions. Because you're just like, I can't deal with this person. Yeah, so it's pretty sketchy that a field of science or of medicine dedicated to figuring out, presumably, like, mental wellness is based on locking people like that up that's true i mean you go from that to and i think it's like you could question how many like if all of the people that they locked up were actually mentally unwell you know fucked up stuff happened in the past yeah i'm sure that there's a lot of people in there for a lot of reasons that because the definition of of healthy mentally is is a total construct yeah. But I mean, even looking at the bigger trajectory of psychiatry, it's 
it's not very evidence-based, honestly. Like, the discovery of antidepressants was not based on a theory of depression that was, you know, solved for. It was based on accidentally discovering that serotonin modulates mood. Mm. You, you've heard this? Um, kind of, but keep going. Yeah, uh, they there were experiments for tubercular patients and blood pressure patients, something like that, okay. and they happened to affect serotonin levels. And they noticed that it was a big change in mood. So then, you know, the antidepressant is born and a theory of depression was basically formulated based on that, based on the cure. (laughs) The chemical imbalance that was now able to be balanced. Exactly. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I don't, I don't agree with that stuff. Dude. And Freud is nuts. Yeah, right. And the biochemical model of psychiatry really isn't better, like reducing everything to medicine and chemicals. Dude, Freud was on coke a lot of the time. <laughs> and when he wasn't, he was he smoked so much tobacco that had to remove his lower jaw. He had to wear like a Phantom of the Opera mask. Holy shit. This is what I heard recently. I'd never heard this before, but... This is, can you imagine being psychoanalyzed by this guy? He's got a fucking half a face. Yeah, the dude was fucked up. He was also, I think, really sexually repressed and obsessed with sex in general. Dude was real weird with the sex. It's probably a product of his time, though. Eh, you think? You think people used to be weirder with sex? I think they used to be less weird. Yeah, because they were so repressed. People were forced... Yeah, they were repressed, like, successfully. They were forced to just, you know, follow the conventions of marriage or whatever. Compared to now, I'm saying. But wouldn't that make him obsessed? Like the Victorian people, I think, were super obsessed. With sex? Yeah. I mean, don't you think don't you think people are more obsessed with sex now than they've ever been with porn? Probably. It's hard to say because, you know. I think we think about sex a super unnaturally high amount of the time as a result of the culture we were born in. Yeah, because we were saying that earlier. There's a way more triggers to be stimulated. Yes. And yeah, I mean, it's reinforced in your case. I'm a little more removed, but yeah. So that's true. I agree with that. But I don't know what I was saying. I lost my train of thought. <laughs> yeah, because you've been watching too much porn. Dude, it's midnight. We got to wrap. It's 11.59. We got to wrap this up. That's a good, well, that's the perfect time to wrap it up. All right. Three, two, one. Since when do you do a count out row? Dude, I'm doing a sign off. You got a sign off phrase? Good night, and don't let the machine elves bite.